0: A word to the wise, we are an explicit podcast tackling content with adult themes as well as entering spoiler territory if you aren't caught up with us. That point this week is through volume two of Pierce Brown's Red Rising Son of Ares. So volume two, Wrath. Presumably you'll have read volume one and what's more you'll have read the entirety of the red rising saga so this is this is it folks this is the this is the final little piece of red rising content that we've got and you know i'm kind of broken up about it
1: hey there this is cross and i'm pj and we are words and whiskey a podcast for veteran and novice readers alike we tackle fiction novels and love to talk about what we're drinking you should think of us as your intoxicating weekly book club
0: and this week the book club has to be done remote because crossland's sick (laughs) <laughs> the book club
1: has always done remote pj that's not <laughs> <laughs> i am i am a little ill a little under the weather uh from my trip this last week i definitely got sick from a couple of kids i had still taste it's not COVID. i got a test we're good um but it is definitely uh something Your nose throaty but mm-hmm. yeah here we are i am so so my energy might be all over the place in various ways I might be quiet I might be really excited I might lose my voice halfway through because I've literally been like guzzling tea all day to try to make it so that I could talk for this <laughs> so that we could so that we can make it through but i'm I'm very excited to have this kind of be our final episode on red rising for a while you know like this is mm-hmm. i shouldn't say i'm excited for it but i'm excited to talk about this and it's it's kind of a culmination of things in an odd way with with something in both cases neither of these are ends to their own respective stories they're both unfinished kind of you know like they they just live here
0: yeah yeah it's true i did say in the intro that this is the last bit of red rising content that we'll cover That's not entirely true, because we will cover book six, as long as Crossland survives this illness. uh, We'll cover book six whenever it comes out. So, um, yeah, don't don't fret on that one. Mostly comforting myself at this point, but... (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to it eventually
1: um Mm -hmm. yeah i'm i'm very excited so to before before we get into it too far today for those of you who haven't caught on today is our second episode of two tackling the sons of aries volume two wrath story by pierce brown script by rick hoskin and art by eli powell but before we dig in too far let's talk about what we're drinking what are you having pj
0: I have a cocktail called the silent night and I had to make a couple little, um, changes to it, but, um, two ounces of bourbon. I used uh, Buffalo trace, half an ounce of Benedictine. And then it calls for a few dashes of payshad bitters and an express of a lime or of a, an orange peel. I did not have any oranges in the house. So I did, one dash of orange bitters and two of Peshad's and then an expression of lemon instead. Hmm. I don't think I realized how sweet Benedictine actually is, but this is a really, really nicely balanced cocktail. I don't really get any of the lemon that I put into there. Um, I don't know. Just kind of a nice little piece of <laughs> fruit flesh <laughs> in my glass. Not flesh. flesh. Yum. Flesh is yeah. the actual like juicy fruit part. So not flesh right. explicitly. Um, but yeah, just a little flap of skin in there. So instead I think I would have left that out and maybe done one more dash of orange bitters.
1: You somehow made it worse (laughs) 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 going from one to the other, man. Oh man. Oh my gosh.
0: Um, following that up, I have a black (laughs) lager from Lupulin Brewing Company. Um, awesome style of beer that i really like as it starts to get colder like this just roasty and almost like a thinner version of a porter Mm -hmm. Um, and just easy drinking but you still get that like nice dark roast flavors so what about you what have you got are you drinking I
1: am, actually, because I'm a sadist, um, mostly. I actually was going to make a hot toddy, but I didn't have any cinnamon sticks, so uh, instead I just made an old-fashioned, because, like I said, I'm a sadist. Um, but then I also have some tea to follow that up, so it's Wonderful. pretty pretty straightforward. It's what I've been drinking all day, just a, a green tea, um, green tea, caffeine-free green tea now at this point in the day, but um, yeah, just normal, normally old-fashioned boy doing Could
0: doing that here. Normally old-fashioned boy.
1: Yep, made yep. with uh, made with pinhook bourbon, um, and I made it a little strong. I'm noting now. I didn't taste it this time before I like went into it, and I'm I feel like I'm making a grimace face, but that's also because my fucking side of my face hurts, and I'm like, Wah. it's just <laughs> I feel dumb. So before we get fully into the graphic novel here, I just want to also say that today we are also releasing our episode zero of Mistborn, so mm-hmm. we are starting that this week uh rather we aren't starting it but you can kind of get the episodes here the sense of where we're going kind of the plan with with the series and whatnot and kind of listen along that will also be out today so if you're hearing this and you when you're when you're done with this episode feel free to hop on over to that one it's probably the next one in the queue so it should be should be out at the same time um very excited to Mm -hmm. to talk to start talking miss born are we
0: going to maybe ask for some uh listener generated predictions for myself maybe this is a good spot to put that or would we did we record that into the episode zero we recorded that a we while ago i can't it remember into
1: episode zero yeah okay. i think
0: we recorded it into the episode zero so sounds
1: good i think we're good there but if cool. you haven't sent them in feel free to send them in i uh, send them into the email words and whiskey show gmail.com you can also tweet them or send them to us via instagram at wordswhiskeypod. Or words whiskey pod is a potter show Wordswhiskeypod. whiskey pod words whiskey pod i can't believe i do that every single fucking day.
0: we really need to like be on the lookout and try to consolidate all of everything
1: also words and is our website so it actually makes more sense to go show but i think there's a character limit and that's why we can't do words and whiskey show versus words and whiskey pod um because i think we're at the character limit for twitter i think
0: yeah i think that might be right
1: <laughs> um anyway <laughs> we're a mess yeah,
0: the yeah.
1: me a mess today. Here we are. So, with that, let's get into the graphic novel. Uh, before we kick it off, I I want to say uh, just some just some overall thoughts. What what were you thinking? What do you feel? How do you feel about this one? Uh, in kind of in whole information, so, I don't
0: uh, I don't exactly know how to articulate it, but it felt different than than the first one. It was a little bit faster, and I felt like the first one was pretty quick. But this, in comparison, was really breezy. And it, it felt, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I really enjoyed it. I think I liked it better. At least I liked the graphic audio better than the first one. Um, but I felt like the story was really uh, kind of cohesive and fluid and uh, made a lot of sense. So I really had a blast going through it.
1: Yeah, I I feel like as I've thought about these, uh, as we've kind of gone through the two of them and kind of dissected them and kind of walked through them, obviously we haven't finished talking about this one or dissecting it or anything like that, but the the second one here, I do still like quite a bit. I don't like it quite as much, and we can get into some of the why, I think, by the time we get to the end, but I will say that this time, um, I loved the graphic audio. I liked the graphic audio more than I liked the... Graphic novel because I think it actually corrected some of the problems that I had with the graphic novel because I read that first. So I read that first, and then I listened as I was kind of going through mm-hmm. to to kind of give you know to kind of give it its fair shake before and like t- try to take the art in and everything like that before having the image painted through sound. So
0: um, in i wish, the other context. So sorry, sorry to cut you off a little bit there. There you go. Um, I wish I would have written down exactly what it says at the end of the graphic no- or graphic audio because in the credits it explicitly talks about this being a project in conjunction with Pierce Brown and i don't think it said that in the first one so i'm curious if he had actually had a hand in the graphic audio of this one
1: I'm that would sure. that would make some sense i mean it, all all in all this one feels not only more on but actually feels like it fleshes out some other things and hits on some other notes that like you wouldn't expect that are kind of like some you know significant lore at the time that may not have been colloquially yeah. available when they were kind of going into production, so mm-hmm. yeah, I I totally agree with you. Totally agree yeah. with you. So I have,
0: I, that said, I do have one issue that I'm going to bring up about the graphic audio, but I think it's the only big one. I think there's just one, um, so we'll get into that. Sure. Later.
1: Yeah. So with that, let's uh let's get into the chapters themselves. So chapter one, the child in the cot, and. You know, this like we kind of said, this this is very kind of this is a breezy book. Like you had said, this is an easier read all in all to kind of get through. And and one thing that I noticed on the top of this book and part of the reason that I think it felt breezier and maybe almost a little bit less brutal is the kind of tie back to Fitchner's history and the Institute wasn't there. I think that that did a good job of like not only fleshing out the character, but building up the world and giving us this complete sense of. Of who Fitchner is, and we we can we can tuck that in the back of our brain, but also structurally, I felt like this book was missing a little bit of that sort of brutality and edge. Even though we have a couple of characters die and we have other things like that, it it feels just a little bit off. Um, and I think that that was one of the big things that that I kind of missed between the two, especially just in the graphic novel. But when it comes to the audio drama, the graphic audio. I think that what they did in this first chapter is absolutely fantastic. They spent a lot of time fleshing out the syndicate. They spent a lot of time going through the interviews of, of the uh, the different Browns for the position of of caretaker. There was a lot here that strengthened the graphic novel in a significant way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that.
0: So there is there is a big difference. Um, not big. It's a really tiny difference all in all, but it, it made for... Quite a bit of dialogue within this sort of montage, and that's the toothbrushing song, mm-hmm. um, which in the in the graphic novel Fitchner immediately like shuts it down, doesn't let him sing. But in mm-hmm. in the graphic audio, he lets him sing it, and then just eviscerates him for it. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so at first, I'm like, oh no, don't make him sing it. Ah, oh, god. And then then the follow through of Fitchner's actual response to it made it worth it. So. That was kind of fun.
1: There were a lot of those moments where like this time it felt like it was dialed in a little bit more overall. And I know that this is a professional production company that does this all the time. This is not like their first rodeo. They do this for all kinds of other books and graphic novels and stuff like that. So this is, you know, it shouldn't come as a shock as as though they're professionals. But this is where kind of that little note of maybe consultation or maybe it's feedback and playing in the sandbox or what have you. It feels like. This graphic audio just shook out a lot better, and this—that's a great example of of one of the things. Um, another one is like I, like I kind of said, the syndicate. The way that the graphic audio and Fitchner's narrator, in particular, describes the way that the buildings are are welded together just reminds gives you this like trailer park feel and this sort of like downtrodden energy. Um, almost more than the images themselves do in the graphic audio. And so that was another thing where it's like, wow, like why why didn't we maybe get a pan shot back further of that and then kind of move in and kind of see and get a feeling from the graphic audio sense, or not from the, gra- from the graphic novel sense, excuse me. Um, mm. It
0: was just one of the examples that I could think of. And
1: the entire syndicate in general, the red syndicate was, yeah, oof, yeah. much better.
0: Definitely. Um, you brought up the fact that this was, d- despite... The fleshing out that the um, graphic audio does, it is lacking a lot of the violence and brutality that you see Mm -hmm. in the first one, which I guess, what would you have named to this issue or this volume? Because I don't think Wrath really fits. I feel like
1: it almost does, right? Like, Wrath almost fits, and and where I would where I would just challenge a little bit is there's a lot of almost violent moments that Fitchner goes on, and there is some violence that he does encourage, especially later in um, chapter three or four with the family roads, right? Like there there mm-hmm. is still violence in this book. It's just that it isn't to the same sort of brutal level that it is in the in the first one with the institute and the depictions and the blood and the all of all of that kind of stuff. You know, it's it's interesting because this mm-hmm. one falls off in that way, but like. This, this is a wrathful novel. It's about getting back at Artie in a, in a big way and getting back at Quicksilver. So, I mean, the fact... Uh, the cutaway between, I think, the end of Chapter 1 and Chapter 2, where like he's going to shoot the kid... Is, yeah, that's a good <laughs> is point. Intense. That is one of the best page flips between graphic novels that I've read in a long time. They do a good uh, job of it in the audio as well. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, that was that was something else um but so there there are moments of wrath there are moments of brutality um could it have been named something different yeah it probably could have but i i can see what they were going for each book has its own moment of wrath in it but it doesn't feel i don't know as maybe wrath is too hard maybe it's maybe it's anger (laughs) Maybe this, this is Sons of Ares' angry, <laughs> angry face. Grr, <laughs> grr. <laughs> um, I like the subtitle, but yeah, I feel like I feel like you're definitely on to something. Wrath feels very specific, and like the Ash Lord is wrathful. I can imagine that very clearly. This doesn't feel like Fitchner being wrathful. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: retribution, yeah. maybe?
1: Yeah, retribution could even be better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so before we dig in too much into that, uh, let's let's get back into the the yeah. other stuff here because I think by the end we might be able to land on a title or retitling um, or resubtitling rather.
0: So or, or uh, falling back onto Wrath if that if we decide that fits. Like I'm not I'm not opposed <laughs> to it. I have no say yeah. in this. This already
1: exists it's true it's true um the the thing that i really liked here and i've already said it a couple of times but the red syndicate is kind of a giant question mark for me right because when we as we come to understand the syndicate in iron gold really that's really when it kind of happens by the way this is published a year after iron gold came out almost two years after iron gold came out okay um, for reference so the first one came out around the same time that iron gold did was being written and scripted and everything else. So there there's a lot of, that's a reason that there's like a lot of these bones kind of throughout the story, but red syndicate as we understand them at this point, or the syndicate in general, as we understand them is really kind of a plaything of Octavia's that she uses to like fuck around in the underground. Right. That was that was the understanding that we get from the original trilogy. And then someone else steps in the queen of whom we knew we know to be Lilath later. But yeah, I found I found that interesting. Of course, in any mob, there's going to be smaller entities, smaller parts of it. But I wonder if any of this ever could have gotten back to Octavia.
0: That's a good question. That's really interesting. I hadn't at all considered that. I feel like that would have been an implication like that would have come to fruition I don't, I don't, if it, if that had gotten back to Octavia, I don't think Fitchner would have become a knight, the Ray knight. Yeah. Yeah. That's also probably
1: true. It might, it might've just been something corroborating down the line. You know what I mean? When, when it was revealed that he was Ares, um, by Roke, uh, then it would have been,
0: yeah. Maybe some ledgers, ledgers to like flip through to find some mm-hmm. records or something.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just found that interesting. You know, it's not mm-hmm. it's not something it's not a sweater that we can pull until it unravels or anything like that. But this book, more than the first one, sets up a lot of those that actually feed into the sequel trilogy a little bit, and also have like more direct ties in a way to the to the original trilogy. So that was something that I really appreciated about this book for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing, um, sorry, now that I'm thinking about Fitchner being the Rage Knight. Mm-hmm. Even that felt a little odd, um, based on the way he was portrayed in the in the first few books. Like he was just kind of a goofy dude, is kind of how he came off to me. And like, even as the Rage Knight, he's like making these like poses and like really kind of being show offy about it. This Fitchner that we're presented with is a very different character than what we see mm-hmm. in the in the first trilogy. <clears throat> Which is why I
1: want the final book where he clearly makes the transformation because he knows how to play, right? Like when he's with with when he's with um, Miss Rhodes in chapter three, he kind of plays into that a little bit more. He Mm -hmm. plays into the gold stereotype, but otherwise, I'm with you. He's definitely he does not like golds conventionally um, at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even as a gold, like he he kind of detests his own his own color. He doesn't go so far as to say that like he actually hates them or anything like that. With the exception of Artie, but. Yeah, and Artie's mom. And Artie's mom. Artie's mom also sucks. Next book will be <laughs> the hunt for Artie's mom. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, side note: I want to. I want to know what that kid was doing because that kid is as old as Severo, right? Or like nearly as old as Severo. Yeah. So that's like I'm, a close close timeline on the institute, right? I like, was going to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who's that kid? Yeah. Right. Right. We There's have. We something. have the last
0: name, right? Did that last name ever Alf show?
1: Harden. No, I don't think it does. Um, unfortunately, but okay. and there's nothing to say that it couldn't come back in some context, right? Like that there couldn't in the sixth book there could be an asshole child, um, of whom Severo gets to maim. Not a child; he'd be an adult at this point. but Yeah, he's like a thirty-year-old man. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> he's like your father killed my father on some unknown asteroid, and Severo goes what, and then decapitates him. Like that would be about right. <sighs>
0: what if it's a howler?
1: It could be. I would. I imagined a bone rider. Um. Personally, okay. like that was my okay. that was my thought. I imagined that Varden would be a bone rider, but it'll happen. We don't I'm know, sure the kid. We're judging a baby <laughs> for his father. Uh, fuck <laughs> that but, baby. <laughs> fuck that baby. Specifically, speaking of that baby, the. The whole heist to break in, right, is, is very cool. We get these cool gnats. We get Phoenix um, coming back in and being a big part of the story. We obviously go to the Reds to get that information in the first place to break into the estate. The the cooled truck that lets them kind of get through. This is another thing that the audio drama created a little bit more tension where, like, it they had to wait and pause. Like, they couldn't go through right away. Mm-hmm. That was great. That was another that was great so moment. Great
0: ad. It's a small thing, but it was such a big deal. Yeah, that was so good. Even the uh, explanation of the bugs of the gnats mm-hmm. was a lot better on the audio drama as well.
1: Oh yeah, yeah,
0: better than the two page
1: plus a schematic that we get in the graphic novel. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That was that was another one of the interesting components here to me is like this is a new technology that we've never kind of seen be introduced before inside of we've never saw inside of the Red Rising universe, and uh, it's it it's very very. Interesting. I think it's a great ad. Um, I'm trying yeah. to think of other applications, you know, other times where this could have been used. But there aren't that many.
0: You know, there aren't that many times where, like, I mean, imagine... I could imagine that... What if instead of the rings having cameras, they just had a bunch of fucking gnats all over the place? Yeah. That would have been... That's fair. Kind of foolproof. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yep. No good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about good. Uh, By the way, gnats are drones, apparently. That's
0: the thing. That's the new (laughs) phrase. Fuck birds. Gnats are drones. Um, I mean, (laughs) but why do you think gnats still exist? Because the birds won't eat them. Because the birds know not to fuck with their own kind. True. So. (laughs) the
1: the point of this though of course is like breaking in with the refrigerated truck and then we move into the uh, the actual baby crib itself you know like the the child in the cot right the namesake of this uh, of this chapter and boy was that change in Fitchner hard i mean like this is this is intense like this is his decision to like go in he's like i'm just gonna murk this kid and he didn't <laughs> tell anyone else that that was the plan
0: all along <laughs> like uh, i'm gonna shoot the baby <laughs> And you are gonna watch me do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why did he bring anyone else? <laughs> yeah, like that was that was kind of odd, actually. Like, why did he bring anybody else? I mean, he probably needed a driver, right? At least I mean, wait out in the car. Getaway driver. Yeah, the the man. car didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
1: But yeah, wrathful, wrathful, Mr. Aries yeah. here, Mr. Yeah. Fitch. Just a, just a what the fuck? Also. Small thing here. Small thing here. Why are they wearing black knitted masks as opposed to their October knocked masks? That was one of the small details that in my head was just like, why not wear the the other masks to like signify the rebellion? But they're wearing just like the plain, like ski
0: masks as they're breaking in.
1: Maybe, maybe that's too obvious. Maybe, maybe they didn't want them to know that it was Fitchner.
0: I don't know if it's even not know that it's Fetchner. I think blend into the shadows. Like, I don't think they're intending to be seen at all. So mm. dark on dark is not going to obviously show anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, that is odd.
1: Yeah, it's it was just a weird thing to me. Like, obviously, they should wear something to cover, cover their faces. But I thought at the very least, thematically, they might tie them together the same way. That makes it seem kind of like a rebel group um, a little bit more. And that's, mm-hmm. that's maybe... Hmm, that's maybe the one thing that I'm missing here yet is how are we really a rebel group? You know, I mean, even by the end. But I'm this, I'm jumping ahead.
0: This action has nothing to do with the rebel, the rebellion at all. This is strictly yep. revenge. Fitchner's revenge on a personal level. So maybe that's it.
1: Yeah, that could be it. That would make sense. Yeah. So we uh, we break into the room. We have a confrontation between Rihanna and Fitchner, and Fitchner Rihanna, almost shoots the baby.
0: Right, Rihanna, Rihanna. We. How do you say it? How many times we, we have said I don't fucking know. every single possible way to pronounce this name? I yeah. left it in. Yeah. There is like <laughs> 10 seconds of us just saying that name, and we never landed on anything specific because we just keep <laughs> bouncing back and forth. All right, Rihanna. Rihanna. We're going with the pop star. <laughs> Fuck it.
1: <laughs> so Rihanna doesn't want to kill the kid, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and shoots the ceiling but the but the book ends before you really know that the ceiling was shot we just see the gunfire and a shot being identified on the opposite cover um which is crazy also that right next to that there's a gun being leveled the same looking gun being leveled at a child's head so it's who ooh,
0: ooh, ooh, Mm-hmm. Mm. yeah and like i said the graphic audio does a great job of this as well mm-hmm. um and that said, also the graphic audio does not delineate between issues; it just treats it as a single uh, work. So you hear the gunshot, and then immediately it goes into like the conversation that follows, which works really well here. Um, it kind of keeps you keeps you in it. But did yours not have chapters? I don't think it did. Mine had
1: three distinct chapters, which were effectively the big beats of the of the graphic novel. Um, but it didn't, like, call them out or anything like that so much. Yeah,
0: but, like, there were three tracks. Okay, yeah, those are the different chapters, yeah. There was no, like, break, as far as I could tell in it.
1: Yeah, it was, it was just kind of the sequential place where you might stop and take a rest or whatever mm-hmm. between the story. Because either they're, like, in travel, transit, something like that, or, you know, there's some other reason for that going on. yeah. Cool. So with that, we move into chapter two, the DNA setup. I love the escape here. Like, this is just such a cool, like, little action sequence. Again, better in the graphic audio.
0: Um, (laughs) But, you know, it's still
1: still great on the graphic novel.
0: This is such a wildly different episode already. Yeah, right? (laughs) Like, we we shat on the graphic audio so much, like, Uh to the point where we called ourselves out as being screaming nerds. Mm Mm-hmm. Like... This to be fair though, this graphic audio is so good. It is just better.
1: Yeah, better than the last one for sure. And maybe that's a part of it is we're comparing like a low depth to a to a high. But I I really think that it does add right. Like there there are a number of different things. There's some dialogue back and forth. The decision to turn back and hold them off is far more dramatic in the graphic audio. I will say the gnats fighting isn't as dramatic in the graphic audio like the gnats flying through people's mouths and you can see like it's it's like it's they're chewing at it um it's mm-hmm. just so interesting in the in the graphic novel um but I, I loved this scene all around this kind of intro to chapter two as they make it away phoenix of course sacrifices himself for the cause to ensure that they escape and the rescue is by fucking quicksilver fucking dudes everywhere man dudes
0: fucking everywhere dudes everywhere what do you think um you know i kind of in both in both cases i kind of wish there was more to it Hmm. um it's a great escape and it's it's satisfying and fun but i almost wish there was more combat particularly on the uh on the point of phoenix like i wish we would have seen him fight back a little bit because obviously he doesn't die right away he gets captured. He dies before he gives up any information, but he gets captured, so I want to see that apprehension. I don't know. That's that's my one complaint on it, but I really did enjoy the escape.
1: Yeah, I, I really did, too. I thought I was muted for a second there, so I had to double-check. Um, I really enjoyed it, too, and I you know like like you said it 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 felt like it could have used a little bit more and that's kind of my like meta review of the entire book is like it felt like it could have used a little bit more it felt like we we could have put a little bit more uh meat on the bones so to speak and uh i i feel like it would have it would have benefited in a couple of different ways
0: you know Mm -hmm. yeah and it's shorter Um, to begin with so like we had space mm -hmm. to flesh it out more
1: yeah i'm not I'm not sure on the economy of of comic books or graphic novels or shelf space or weight or whatever whatever may may have impacted the production here uh but you know it's it's a curious decision to make this so much thinner, considering it feels like there could be more in in a lot of different places like there could be a little bit more fleshed out and maybe they felt like they were stretching it too thin um as is but it it just felt like to me that it could have used the extra third that the other graphic novel seems to have.
0: is it actually thinner? It is thinner, noticeably. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. It's about two thirds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just hardcover, so it's not that much thinner in physical leg space. So mm-hmm. but yeah. Yep.
1: That makes sense. But yeah. It's um, you know, it's it's just one of those things. It's like this is one of those moments that could have used a little bit more meat. Uh, we kinda come back. You you'd mentioned it a little bit earlier, and this is a little bit later on in the same chapter, but already later interrogates phoenix or is is there after grays have interrogated phoenix and this is the one big discrepancy between the graphic audio and the graphic novel that i really the biggest discrepancy at the very least in the graphic novel he already pulls out his razor and like chops at his knee or his leg or uh, maybe his dick off you can't really tell when you're like looking exactly as to what he's chopping in that photo or in that image but in the graphic audio he doesn't resort to violence he instead is like thinking that he's still awake and he like he's like all right time for me to try interrogating him then and he he's like go fetch like a, a good red and then one of the greys informs him that he's dead and that to me is one of definitely the biggest change between the two
0: yeah that is like a pretty that's big change that is a
1: that is a wildly like different different element of like already being wrathful against against like uh, against Fitchner here in this situation versus, you know, being kind of kind like he is in the graphic audio. That was the only discrepancy that, like, really hit me hard.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing that is kind of thematically similar through this entire story, including the first book, um, Fitchner is very quick to just assume that they're dead. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, that's probably true, at least now. Um, that he survived for a little while and was captured. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, my prediction was that Bryn was still alive, mm-hmm. and I think right away we get a an actual like casket funeral scene, which doesn't show up in the audio, does it?
1: I don't think so. Not that I remember. I don't think they describe it that
0: way. It's yeah, it's just kind of monologue talking about. It's basically the. Uh, catching you up on what happened in the first book um but i should drink for that huh yeah yep fuck you want to make sure i get that out of the way because we actually (laughs) had a prediction you're right you're right right. i forgot
1: good uh good call Mm -hmm. other than that in this chapter we kind of have two more big beats we've got the the entirety of like Quicksilver kind of knowing what's going on. And then Fitchner also surrendering himself into Quicksilver's service. What did you make of that whole interaction? What do you think about that?
0: Um, I thought it was odd that Ryanna was there with him. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say it differently every time, but I think it makes for good storytelling to a certain degree that, now we know that she knows what's up and is able to make a more informed decision in taking several later on. Mm-hmm. Like understanding exactly where he's at personally and professionally. Um, so I liked how that played through.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I couldn't agree more. I, I liked the one thing that struck me about this scene in general, and it doesn't matter the format is it seemed a little fast um, but it also made sense. Like it, it, it seemed like this was a fast way to sell himself, but I guess he was very worried about Severo and Riana's well being, uh, as such mm. that the red syndicate might come after them.
0: Right. Also that didn't seem like a huge debt to like worth selling your entire life over 200,000 credits. I mean, yeah, probably
1: not. It but was 4,000. I thought it was 400,000 cause he gives 200,000 up front. Maybe that's the difference between the audio drama and the physical. I, I thought it was 4,000 like
0: credits ready. and then it became 8,000 credits because he was a gold. I feel like the
1: audio drama said that it was more money, more money.
0: That's early, right?
1: Yeah. So it says provided for a fee, 4k and for him eight. Yeah. That's why I think that it ended up being like 400,000 in the, um, in the graphic audio. Like I think they said 400,000 and then, Okay or 800,000 and he had paid 400 up front something like that
0: gotcha yeah it just yeah Because 4 4- k feels like i mean
1: <laughs> all right we don't know how hard credits are like it, we're comparing credits to dollars probably but I mean, like the, you know, i know i know
0: that the uh how many how many credits was the fucking violin that that darrow bought like, like millions 2 or 3 million yeah something like that (laughs) something like that so that's what was in my mind i'm like all right eight thousand credits that makes it seem like it's probably about one to one with dollars okay (laughs) i was thinking about lyria's coffee and like the day's wage and everything
1: like that and i was like well technically that's not the same society so it might be different but yeah yeah no i think i think you're on to something blip all right so i do have to Um, ask
0: and this can get cut if you want but do you have any honey in that tea I did, yeah. You did, okay. Yeah, honey and you, lemon. Why? Okay. Because that's, that's what actually like helps. It's not yeah, just the tea itself. Cause well, yeah, all but you like mentioned hot was water, tea. too. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. Right. I
1: guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I also have... I didn't put agave in it, but I'm almost out of honey, and I will lean into agave if I have to for tomorrow. Just drink so some agave, man. Right. Straight agave. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. Um um okay final thing Silax. the return of Silax. helping uh fitchner track down his old carver friend zarabal and that's kind of where the end of this chap this chapter ends is the uh, meeting with zarabal and realizing that quicksilver is potentially genetically manipulating colors
0: Mm -hmm. i liked that Fitchner assumed that the fact that Zaraball was involved here meant that Quicksilver was like fucking with him about like regarding like revolving around Fitchner and it had nothing to do with it at all. I kind of like that sort of aspect of it. Cuz that was Wait, motive- one more time. At least within the graphic audio, I can't remember if it's this mm-hmm. way in the novel as well. Um mm-hmm. Fitchner is convinced that the reason why Quicksilver is contacting Zaraball is the fact he's convinced that Quicksilver knows about, like, who carved Bryn in order to be able to carry mm. Severo. And that's not the case in the slightest. Like, it is completely coincidental. Seemingly.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's He goes there and he finds out way more information than um, what he intended, you know? Right. He wanted yeah. to know what Quicksilver was after, and it turns out he's after something entirely different of which he now kind of has his leverage over top of him going into the future by the end of the story. But that's that's interesting. Did, did you have any other thoughts about the DNA alterations, or are we going to hold on until we, we hit oh. the, the Colony Boys at the end? Ooh.
0: uh well, the Colony Boys, you know, whatever. I didn't really have any other... Okay, my thought, mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with the colors, like the, the colored skin people, mm-hmm. but my thought was... Oculus is way far out. The city of Oculus is years away in, in travel distance, uh, mm. which would make sense why it's so like unknown. And um, that explains why that, why he needs this like deep spacefaring people in order to be able to get there. Uh, that's my only thought. It's not really deeper than that.
1: All right. And I think that that also ultimately is the connection to be drawn here is that Mm -hmm. this is all, for him, leading to Oculus to some degree. This is as much set up for Fitchner as it is for Quicksilver, right? Like, this is is titled The Sons of Ares, you know? Like, not
0: just The Fitchner of Ares. I just realized we're in a really strange situation, comparatively. Mm -hmm. You're asking me what I think? Mm-hmm. And you genuinely don't know the answer. Oh, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm I not used <laughs> to this. I'm used to, like, trying to read what you're saying just subconsciously, like, all That's right, why we're said still okay a <laughs> in a certain way. <laughs> what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No um that's that's kind of the the interesting thing here is like all of this is speculation and even when we were going through dark age near the end i was like what do you think i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't know how soon that happened <laughs> it was like
0: midway through the book
1: it was like i don't know <laughs> i don't know where that goes <laughs> yep. Yep. um but yeah mm-hmm. cool all right well that It's it's very fun to be on the same page at this point. So, uh, chapter three, the cloud-capped towers. Rihanna running away with Severo is a big oof, a sad moment for everyone involved, of course, but ultimately,
0: kind of the right move. I mean, I think it's entirely the right move. And I think, honestly, it worked out really well in the end in that, had she not, Severo would have been taken mm-hmm. by the Syndicate. Right. Because he had to totally. leave that day. Mm-hmm. Which, that gets into some weird, like, timeline discrepancies. And I, I haven't taken those time to really, like, go through. But the amount of travel time versus what they talk about, uh, everything's kind of loose in that respect. Because we know it takes months to get there. But he talks about, like, he talks about Phoenix dying, like, a couple days ago mm-hmm. in the graphic audio during the like burning of the uh, shipyard, mm-hmm. which obviously that have to be several months ago. And th- yeah. there's just a lot of sort of really interesting, not interesting, confusing um, timeline things like Rihanna showing up the, the same day, the same hour as uh, Arturius when they're, months away sorry th- that's getting into just nitpicky things later on that don't matter right now but it reminded me of it for some reason
1: wasn't there i feel like there was a reason although the graphic audio this is a place where giving more description actually kind of hurt a little bit because it said it can take weeks or up to months depending on like rotational cycles or something like that is what it said in the graphic audio mm-hmm. um but that's not helpful in terms no, of the either, timeline either there's like way. another like it t- it's going to take you 28 days or 26 days or something like that to get there when they're talking with i think that's when Rihanna's in the craft um or maybe that was when fitchner is going to the asteroid something like that like there there are a couple of different times for that those details mm-hmm. are are like said but not explained fully um right. Which I know you don't want to just give us a bunch of time in a spaceship, but this is where like time flags come in very helpful, like time and location flags in comic books in the top hand corners, which they do with like Ganymede and stuff like that when they're jumping around. So just you can straighten
0: it out so easily. Why not right. straighten it out? Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty loosey goosey. And yeah, I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess they learn of this is jumping forward to the end, but they learn about the. Information being told to Arturius that Fitchner is where he's going. Uh, they know where Fitchner's going, and they're both at the same place anyway, so they both leave mm-hmm. at the same time, so they get there at the same time. So I guess that makes sense.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah,
0: They get the information at the same time, they leave at the same time. My question is, how did Rihanna afford the craft? But uh, uh, I don't know if it says it in the graphic novel, but in the graphic audio, she has access to Fitchner's credit. Oh, the house account.
1: account. Right. I do yep. remember that from the graphic audio. Good call. Yep. Yeah. And that should, yep. that should cover the travel expenses. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, so I really like Chapter 3 quite a bit. Um, there's really only one big kind of through line throughout the whole thing, and that's uh, the family roads for the most part and kind of interacting with real people of the, the rim for the first time. Mm-hmm or other people, real people of the Rim. By that, I mean, like, not the Raws. And I I found this to
0: be really enlightening. I really liked this. I really, really liked uh, specific... I think I talked about this on the phone call with you a couple days yeah. ago. I really liked the fact that um, they're eating pretty well. And mm-hmm. Fitchner explicitly mentioned, like, he expects this... He expected this to be, like, rice. And Mm -hmm. she's like, well, if you were at the Raw's, yeah, sure. But we like import shit because we can. So that honestly gives me even more respect for the Raw family, for their like, at least their consistency to the, to the like morals that they set forward for themselves. I don't think they're good people, but they're consistent and they have a code that they follow, Mm -hmm. which seems pretty cool. The,
1: the other ad here that I really like in the graphic audios part is they don't only say the raw, they also mention the cordovan and they mention those signals, signals being up on the wall and the spaceport when he lands. So Mm -hmm. like two of the major families of the rim are represented among kind of the, the spaceport when he lands in addition to a bunch of the other binder signals. That was a small thing where I was like, that's, that's you guys paying attention. And I love that. I love that Mm -hmm. little detail. Um, I feel like I'm kind of treating this kind of like a T like how you would a TV show adaptation in its own way where it's like, yeah, it go you is. for like doing that. But, it, you know, it's it's weird because adaptation for me is like remix. That's and that's the way that I like to think about it. But at the same time, this feels textual in an odd way because it is canon. Like this is, is its own. Mm. It's it's not separate canon. This is canon. <laughs> so yeah. uh, maybe the graphic audio is technically more of a remix. But is, what, what is that you,
0: but. is that Rice comment in the novel? Or is it in the, audio? I don't think so. I don't so, think so. I think that's also only in the graphic audio. It's been like a week since I've read the, read the graphic mm-hmm. novel and I re-listened to the audio today. So that's what's freshly on my mind. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So what she says is something along the lines of, do you know, house Raw rounds upon us hosting such things as this, they call it wasteful as the, as if the lives of low colors matter. Uh, is that why they won't trade with you? those desiccated fossils still live in the caves on io and yet they have the temerity to call my indulgences barbaric but yeah they don't they don't talk specifically about um food
0: but this is one of those
1: things where it was just like it was a small ad that i was like yeah that's good
0: that can be extrapolated and yeah right yeah that's within the spirit of it that makes sense Mm -hmm. all right sweet
1: yeah and it also like just goes to show that like not all golds treat everything the same everywhere. Like there, there are slimy bronzies, even with peerless scars um, everywhere. So, yeah, yeah. But I, I loved this again. Getting out to the rim was very cool. The entire atmosphere of the rim. Going to Io with Prospera um, is such a cool. Not only is it a cool moment where it's like uh, he's pretending to kill her, but it's also a great kind of behind the, I don't know. I just loved
0: it. I love yeah. the coloring. I love, I loved it all. Even within like, because this is not explicitly written out, we get the sort of pleasure of being, I don't know. I don't know if you were surprised or not, but it gets, it gets dropped on us later when, when that gets found out. We don't know right away is what I'm saying that Fitchner pretends to kill her, mm-hmm. which is, Awesome. I really like the way that that was done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that depiction. Um, this is like, this reminds me of the moment with Severo, right? Like this reminds me of the moment where like Severo's dead and it's kind of the same sort of thing. And that's cool as like its own kind of callback within the family of like this temerity to do the same things. Uh, but yeah, I, I just really dug this. This is my favorite. I think this is my favorite single graphic novel section period of of the both of them this is this is my favorite chunk i think
0: yeah that's fair
1: It was also like a completely isolated short story like you could just read this one and yeah, you would, oh, you would get a full story absolutely
0: yeah. um this does give me however the uh my actual one gripe with the graphic audio mm. it's right at the end i don't know if it's actually in this chapter i think so when he's leaving is it when they're doing the interview or yeah okay yeah when he's leaving and they're like interviewing him okay
1: so that leaving and the interview are the breaks between the graphic novels
0: okay okay yeah, yeah.
1: interview happens on like the second page of the next chapter
0: but yeah gotcha yeah i'll talk about it then then <laughs>
1: yeah no, i mean no big deal We're, we'll practically talk about it in just a moment here but yeah i mean i i just really i really like this one this is a moment where again the series got violent this is a moment again when the graph audio added fantastically to the the fight in the arena giving us the sounds of those obsidians fighting each other adding mm-hmm. some layers of brutality as like one's peeling back the other one's jaw like there's there's all this shit that is yeah. just so visceral in the way that it was described and who oh, man yeah mm-hmm. yep 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 absolutely Can I, cannot recommend that enough <laughs> um, it fun sound like a sadistic bastard but uh any other thoughts on on chapter three and kind of the roads
0: i don't think so i think this is another example of like where the graphic audio truly shines though mm-hmm. um given the just the the folly work as well as fleshing out some of the conversations that We're clearly being had like talking about the obsidians and uh, sort of the hypocrisy of frowning at them, like having the obsidians in fighting pits. But talking about how Octavia has the Ash Lord at her at her table every night, Mm -hmm. like that was fun. And I don't think that made it into the book, did it? Yeah, that was all just added stuff in the audio.
1: Yeah, there there were some there was some there was like one of those comments made it in, but this is another example of like like you said where it really shines. This is where the story needed to be fleshed out a little bit, and this little extra bit of context made a world of difference in the section. And I I only wish that it got the same visual treatment in the graphic novel. Um in in a big way. Like this is just a great example of what a couple of extra pages would have would have added,
0: mm-hmm. I think yeah
1: cool all right with that we move into chapter four spirals turning 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 i think it's just three of them turning 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 turning. yeah i wrote three but i didn't know how many times i said it i wasn't counting (laughs) uh sick brain not doing logical things Mm -hmm. um so the interview with post-death of the other goal uh, uh, of post-death of the family roads is fairly eh to me um you know it, it makes sense as like why why this whole thing is being presented it it just furthers the myth that like golds are ultimately in charge and even if they murder each other what the fuck are the greys gonna do like they weren't gonna mm. do anything here like regardless like yeah also, that also like gives me the sense of like what was the use of this scene in its own way? Like who, who, the only so, people that I think could hold them accountable are is like other Golds or like the Hearth Knight or like one of the Olympic Knights. You would assume would be like the arbiter for this kind of thing. But
0: so what I what I really liked about this scene in the graphic novel <laughs> mm-hmm. was the fact that it introduced the sort of truth telling bot. Yeah and also showed how it can be defeated by really crafty answers that aren't technically lying. Mm-hmm. That's what I really like like that's the only real great thing that I got out of this con- like this interview. Um and that was completely undermined by the graphic audio. Cuz it, it was always like it was constantly talking about it, it was constantly saying that he was lying or that he was guilty and and especially at the end it attributed him getting away with the Grays being paid off by Quicksilver. And that
1: that wasn't the case at all. Now that
0: you say that, right? Like that was, they, they almost word for word had his answers, which are just absolutely skirting the truth Mm -hmm. and just really not actually directly answering the question. So he's not technically lying. Like, in the graphic audio it says them verbatim word for mm-hmm. word it gives the answers that that he's saying and it just adds these like little inner monologue things like that just basically say oh it doesn't matter because he's being paid off by quicksilver he knows i'm lying but it doesn't give he doesn't give a shit like that's not the point of this entire scene and so.
1: the the other thing that that does um you know the other reason that I like this in the graphic novel to your to your point is this reminds me of the exact same shit that Lysander like, pulls in Dark Age and that's mm-hmm. just like identical of like being crafty and intelligent out with this thing. Yeah, you know, and it, I I I liked that parallelism and I totally forgot about that in the graphic audio, but you're right, that is definitely yeah. a sticking point and kind of a so gripe. That's um, my
0: that's my biggest issue with the graphic audio. That's the only really big thing that I can think of that I didn't like about it. Um and kind of, kind of pissed me off. I'm like, that's not the point. Like they yeah. they got it to the point where he's saying the same things, and it's so clearly crafted in a way where he's not answering the question. But they just mm-hmm. added extra shit in there that takes away the entire point. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I understand that. Um, that sucks. Yep. Fair point. Yep. Yeah. So Fitchner takes <laughs> off from there to a secret asteroid, um, and you know, like this is this is the sort of secret shipyard that Quicksilver is interested in um, having, kind of a bigger part of, and wanted to purchase the the Rhodes family out of their investment stake, which is ultimately why he was again used as an assassin here to end the family Rhodes. So um you know we we're gonna we're gonna get there in a second we'll arrive and everything else and kind of see that but meanwhile Rihanna and Sylax are trying to reach Fitchner Sylax is hacking around um kind of going through and I, this is another thing in the graphic audio that I love is it it says that like he's going deep and it, it gives you this like matrix-esque picture in its own way which feels dumb but also feels right like it, it feels <laughs> it feels cool in the way that it should Um, yeah, I just only, I wonder what other greens interact, like do greens run into each other in the web while they're like crawling through? You have to imagine they do, you know,
0: like, like they're crawling through like (laughs) ducks, like, like air ducks, Uh, like, oh, uh, you go ahead,
1: (laughs) you go ahead. Uh, I'm going to take the five bit highway. You take eight. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, you just have to imagine that there's got to be something like that going on on the inside of this thing. I'd be curious Uh, or at least. You know, that's, that's my imagination
0: working they over time. Both come into some sort of cavern. That's just like an IRC chat channel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's an Omegle, but they're like just the two of
1: them, like staring at each other <laughs> until one of them hangs up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> awkwardly waving. One of them pulls out a guitar and starts singing a song. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Oh my God.
1: for sure need to drink after that reference so you know like the 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 entire scene with Rihanna and <laughs> and Silax and kind of they're like jumping back and forth trying to track down Fitch. I think is a great one. It's fairly tense in the graphic novel, but it's also again it's it's a little bit more tense in the in the audio. Actually, correction, it's not as tense in the audio drama until he is actually being chased out of his apartment, and then it becomes very clearly tense. Um, but the entire scene in the graphic novel feels very much like he is not going to get it done in time because everything is escalating so quick. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why like him running off and him choosing to kill himself as opposed to like choosing to jump off the building as opposed to getting caught and then having to like sell out Fitchner and Rihanna and Severo in turn, man, what a choice for that dude. Yeah. Fuck.
0: Yeah. That was, uh, that was heavy. Yeah. That was a heavy choice.
1: But you know, it was really cool about the end of that. Mm. I really liked the cleaning robot. <laughs> I, I really did, yeah. <laughs> especially the graphic audio where it just started burring and spurting water. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, that's so sad." But that's actually pretty cool and true and real. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah
0: that's that's pretty dy- dystopian, though. You know, very dystopian. Having that at the ready for any time somebody. Offs themselves off a building. Well, the, the scene looks like something torn out of Watchmen, right? Like, it looks like something it torn out of that ex- first issue
1: of Watchmen. It looks like, what is it? The first fucking two pages couple of A couple of pages, yeah. It's Because don't we see, we see the death right away we yeah. see like the murder of yeah um
0: and the and the, and the dude but, from the convenience store like spraying down his mm-hmm. his uh, shop yeah. front like very much the same just the with a robot yeah. yeah
1: and the detectives kind of gathering around but the greys. yeah i mean it's I, I liked i liked kind of the imagery on the page obviously it's very sad silax was a cool character between this book and the last book and so now to see most of the squad die is sad um it it kind of sucks but yeah you know rebellions are built on bodies and at the same time we're not really rebelling yet like what are we there's no what are we fighting for you know like we don't we don't have that sense yet
0: we're fighting for several i think we're we're fighting for i think we're fighting for the ability for the love between Fitchner and Brennan to exist yeah that's fair that's fair that makes sense we're we're fighting for that being a possibility Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah without a doubt that makes sense i'm trying to think if there's anything else in this that is really good uh i really just think that like there's a lot of like good travel stuff that happens in here like good space travel stuff a lot of good monologuing on the part of Fitchner, but this chapter is very short compared to the rest um this is barely barely a chapter by mm-hmm. most regards, like this, this is really all that happens. So, oh, and and Vardan also is is in on him and, and understands and tracks him down. So, yep. from there, we assume that the travel time uh, from Mars to the asteroid isn't that long, but the travel time from uh, the Jovian moons to the asteroid is a while because they obviously have to catch up. So we time jump.
0: <laughs> like it literally says, it's a, it's a couple of months, doesn't it?
1: earlier i i I think it says that in the graphic audio i don't think it says in the graphic novel because i was trying to find it earlier um when you made mention of that and i didn't find any reference to it but gotcha there was there was like a day counter at one point for something um but i think it's graphic audio but again like we can assume that obviously it takes a long fucking time to get to the to get to the rim and it's going to take less time like in in um Morningstar. it took them three months to get back from the rim i think if yeah. i remember correctly to the moon to yeah like mm-hmm. it takes a while
0: so like mercury to mars is a month and a half right something like yeah. that
1: yeah i think that had to do with the orbit because they could have left earlier okay. and they would have made it sooner like but yeah gotcha i mean that's kind of the whole point of like
0: sometimes it's better to travel than others but mm-hmm. fuck <coughs> Eh. Um, so you you yeah. intentionally lean away to cough and then go bah, into the microphone. <laughs> It'll be easy to cut. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs>
1: so with that, we're gonna move into chapter five: future monsters. Uh, this is where the cleaning robot comes in. I love the cleaning robot. <laughs> End of point. Uh, <laughs> but now we get into the really good stuff, right? We get into uh, chatting with one of the coppers that's under Quicksilver. Uh, we get to see these experiments. This is another thing that is fleshed out so well between the two. This is another thing that gets so much love and attention in the graphic audio. Um, is kind of the the description of walking in and the decontamination and sort of the way that all the scientists are running around treating things. Um, just a little sense of urgency that's given in description, but not so much in the visuals because of how much they're like cutting between things. That was one of the things that I really appreciated here is like just this moment to kind of slow down and take in this. What reminds me in my head when I was hearing it of like independence day when they walk in and find the aliens in the tubes, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of the same thing.
0: Like what the fuck? Um, so the way I was imagining it, um, all of these sort of color people, um, Mm -hmm. We already mentioned Watchmen, so let me bring it up again. I imagine all of them to be different like depictions and different colors of Dr. Manhattan. Sure. Um, so my thought is, and just kind of really starting to think about it more and more, um, they're clearly different colors. And I'm wondering if it's basically all of the specialized colors with their with their own strengths on the body of a gold. Like you get all the gold benefits and the benefit of whatever color is specified, just for the sake of creating a very, very efficient crew to travel for years across the I don't know void of space.
1: Yeah, or obsidian. Like that was that was or my obsidian. thought. Like one of the two. Yeah. yeah, it's. I would I would agree with you. It's got to be mixing of of one of the bigger, bulkier, stronger mm-hmm. colors that can really kind of maybe survive losing bone mass and density and things yeah. like that over time like yeah which is You'd simultaneously
0: like really really cool and really fucking egregious from like mm-hmm. a like ethics standpoint mm-hmm.
1: well this gets into the quicksilver you're pretty <laughs> fucking awful dude like perhaps we don't perhaps know you're not that as though. good as we think we, we are have, yeah we, we know. are
0: completely attributing like whatever we want to this we we know nothing
1: but you know what this made me think of? This made me think of the fucking Oscamani dude, the little crawler dudes. This made me like go like, "What if that's a spinoff of this project in some way? Like what? Not yeah, saying that Quicksilver is responsible for that, but like you know, not like the Fear Knight couldn't have come up with some shit like that and like fucked with, you know, like <sighs>
0: yeah, yeah, uh,
1: but. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Uh, yeah or maybe that was octavia's evil plan all along was to send atlas away to culminate this strange genetic program and then like i don't know come back with it (laughs) yeah everything got fucked um i don't know there are any number of like rogue theories that can evolve out of this this sort of idea of like what the fuck is quicksilver doing and how much does everyone else know about what quicksilver is doing obviously the thing blows up at the end um but yeah any any other any thoughts on what what Quicksilver is doing outside of some of the
0: stuff that we kind of already, already mentioned. I think it's him starting Oculus. Um, yeah. With Glorostes and it's somewhere far out that nobody can actually get to like, that's the thing. He is completely, if this is the case, he is completely protecting himself. Any sort of prying eye, any sort of like anybody fucking with him because he Mm -hmm. knows he's the only one that has the actual technology to get there. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's the only thing I can think of. Is this ties into Oculus? Because that exi- That clearly exists within uh, within the universe in the next um, what thirty years? Yeah, right. Because it's got
1: to be at least thirty years until where we're at in Dark Age. So,
0: right. So within thirty years, Oculus exists, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, and uh, it seems like it's a big enough and secret enough project that this is probably it yeah or at least this is the startings of it
1: this is this is some this is and that's the thing like we know so little about the oculus that like this is actually a really cool hint to like what maybe could be or you know it kind of leaves this interesting question mark Mm -hmm. so hmm yeah 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 um so with that, we move into kind of the big climactic component here, which is of course the battle with Arturius. Arturius arrives immediately. Fitchner and Arturius get into a fight. F- Fitchner's craft is blown up. They talk about grab boots. The entire, There's a lot of back and forth combat. Everything is blown up, right? Well, in the end, yes, but not not right away. As as they're kind of going through, eventually everything's blown up. Yeah. But um, obviously, they're like getting getting rid of the escape vehicles, and then they're you know they're fighting razor duel um uh, going poorly for fitchner decides to leave gets separated by an explosion um, and kind of decides to fly away would would you think of the the combat yeah
0: um this was pretty satisfying combat this was fun to mm-hmm. watch or mm-hmm. read read it's, watch experience all three yeah um <clears throat> yeah i i don't know it was just uh it still wasn't as satisfying as reading through like the way that Pierce Brown describes razor battles, Mm -hmm. but it was better than anything else that we'd had in the, in the different graphic novels. Mm -hmm. So I was happy with it. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I also liked the way that the graphic novel explained, um, or rather the graphic audio explained grab boots. I thought that that was really useful and helpful. Kind of got a a firm description of, of what their utility is, you know, what exactly Mm -hmm. they do. Um, yeah, it seems like
0: between this book and did they talk about it in the previous book? I don't think so. I don't I can't feel like remember, they did. But it seemed like their entire purpose was not to fly in any way. It was to walk with relative ease on different planets. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed like kind of a novel idea to fuck with them enough to like, get them to fly. And that's <laughs> just like their only use case in the, in the entire series going forward.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that also kind of like makes sense. It's unconventional to use them in warfare, I think is what they said. Like it'd be unconventional to use them in combat and sort of like lower the gravity or whatever so that he could knee in um, so that he could like move easier or whatever it was. You know, there were there were things like that. Loved it.
0: Yeah. But like, is there is there a scenario in any of the books where the grab boots are not used for flying, essentially? Well, I mean, they're wearing them pretty frequently,
1: so I would say that it's I mean, I don't think it's
0: ever really mentioned that it's used that way, though. Like, no, I just assumed that they were hover boots like the entire Mm. time. I assumed that was what they were for. Dario's wearing grab boots as he arrives
1: in the triumph on Luna um, at the beginning of Iron Gold. Okay, and they're clinking as he steps. And I think that's just like his heavy his heavy feet. So he probably just like isn't using them. But I know that they've explained it, that it is. Intentionally used this way, but yeah, yeah,
0: it's whatever. Like, it it doesn't, it's a small detail, but I enjoyed Mm -hmm. the sort of real reason that people would have grabbed, yes, yeah, Yeah. the revelation from my perspective of like Mm -hmm. what these are actually for. So, yeah, it was kind of cool. I
1: loved it, I loved it, but yeah um obviously this ends and culminates in rihanna showing up shooting the boot uh and and causing him to spiral out and away arturius in the graphic novel it's ambiguous as to whether or not he dies (laughs) in the graphic audio it is very explicit that he's dead (laughs) um yeah yep and my only thought is like as a trilogy it would be weird to have your like big villain die right here um but he could be dead
0: does it does it explicitly say that he dies? It does. Um it I just remember her saying that he she shot him in the in the foot and then the atomics went off.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's something like he couldn't have survived. It may it may yeah. be something a little bit less specific like that, but Yeah. I was like, "Hmm, well that's a lot more information than what we get in the graphic novel, which basically just shows like one boot sputtering and flying away." reminded me a lot of like empire strikes back when like luke falls down without a hand and is or or like even when darth vader's tie fighter spirals out you know it's like it reminded me of that explicitly Mm -hmm. um where it's like okay but is he (laughs) though right yeah yeah it'll be fun to see what happens mm -hmm. yeah um any other thoughts before we go into kind of the final epilogue epilogue epiloguey bit
0: I don't know. Um, no, I don't think I have anything else to add at this point. Cool. I think we've covered it. So
1: so from here, we go into the little epilogue, which is effectively Fitchner pitching the Sons of Ares to Quicksilver as an idea and the concept of not tying the two ships together and them to each lead their own components of the faction to fight for kind of these ideals and mm-hmm. kind of like fight for kind of what Bryn wanted, what Bryn stood for. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Um, Honestly, this feels like it doesn't need a third volume. It feels like this could end it, yes. But the other yeah. part of the epilogue
1: makes me think that it's not done.
0: No, I and I'm pretty sure there's supposed to be a third one, right? hmm Yeah. Right. I'm excited to see it, but I don't think it needs it. Like, I would be perfectly satisfied if this was intended to be the end of the series. Um, it's not, and let's see where it goes.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like the thing that I want to see yet, if this makes sense, and I feel like this is maybe a good transition out of this, is um, how we get to the point where it makes sense to recruit someone like Darrow, or where where do they? What else do they do before they land on this? Someone to take it down from the inside, kind of a, a thing, right? Like I want to see how we get there.
0: I want to see from the graphic graphic novels perspective the recruit of Titus. Yeah. That's I think great. That'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's that would be a- earlier than Darrow, maybe it was less of a like an accelerated path between recruiting and um being ready for the for the show. Maybe they kind of raised him into this role. I don't know.
1: I I think that that would actually be a great like epilogue like chapter, you know? Like you end the next novel with like a complete arc, but then you show Titus. Like you show you kind of get into the mm. the other side to some degree. I don't know. Right. Um. Yeah. I like that idea.
0: I like it. Mm.
1: So overall, um, you know, any any other thoughts? Anything else that's picking at your brain? Um. It,
0: is there any sort of roadmap for when the third will come out?
1: I'm assuming COVID threw everything into a tizzy. Um. So I don't think anything's been announced yet. But I would assume that if it's anything like the other ones, probably six months after the novel. which is pretty much the way that the other ones came out, so.
0: Cool. Um, I'm thinking that, especially then, because the novel hypothetically will end the entire series full stop, I think, or is he planning on doing another set of books after that? He might. I don't think he's planning on doing another set
1: of books after that or anything like that, but I I think that it doesn't need to be fully conclusive. I'm sure it will tie up most everything, but... Mm -hmm.
0: You know. Well, I, I guess I'm not, I'm not necessarily looking yeah. for it to be fully conclusive, but I'm guessing that book six will heavily involve Oculus. Mm-hmm. And I think once that gets fleshed out in text, we will see the origins of Oculus in graphic novel. So okay. I don't know. That's, I, I think that'll be a big part of that. The next book. And I I mean that in both respects to the novel and the graphic novel. So,
1: yeah, I feel like regardless, you know, this is called Sons of Aries, right? Like Red Rising, Sons of Aries. I think we've seen some of Quicksilver, but a little bit more of Quicksilver's side of things now. And kind of the way that they kind of work together, even from a distance, would be a good thing to see. Yeah, I agree. So, cool. All right. Well, that's this um, for the most part. So, beyond that, we are obviously done with Red Rising. What is this? Yeah. We are we are completely done with Red Rising. That's crazy. Okay, so with that we're done with Red Rising until the sixth book comes out then we'll return to form a little bit later, but for next week, uh, so right after this, you can go in directly and listen to our episode zero. New beginnings should be in the feed for Mistborn, the final empire inside of the words and whiskey feed. You should see it right there. Um, but beyond that, next week, we are going to be reading chapters, prologue through three. So it means all the way through three. Uh, to note, the way that the audiobook does the sort of uh, italicized sections in the novels, is it? ends the chapter with them so under so basically before it says the number four it reads you on the previous chapter and in three it'll read you the dialogue for the italic section before jumping into chapter four so the little journal entries that we get at the end of each thing make sure that you just read the next journal entry do not fully read into chapter four does that make sense for everyone if you're listening to the audiobook it makes a ton of sense if you're reading it it might seem like cheating a little bit but you just read the italic section
0: cool um, depending on, uh, we, we found this out today. Um, depending on who you get your audiobooks from, I have audiobooks.com and that only has 20 tracks for the, what, 39 chapters of the book. So mm-hmm. each track is not a chapter and uh, that gets really fucking confusing. Um, <laughs> but you just have to pay attention and like they will say, the number of the chat. They don't say chapter 4, they say 4, for example. Um so you just kind of have to keep track of that a little bit. Um I think Audible has them broken up by chapter per track.
1: Yep. Yep, Audible has each track separated by chapter. So Yeah, yeah. I would be shocked if it wasn't at least like parts, if it wasn't parted out between some of the chapters, like the the t- tracks I guess, um but mm-hmm. Even then, that's kind of odd that there's 20 because there's only four parts, I think, in the book. Um, cool. So that's going to be the game plan. So, uh, yeah, super duper duper excited yeah. for um, for I'm next really week. Pumped. That was really stupid. I don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> I am so excited to start a new book series. This is going to be a ton of fun.
0: Me too. It's a it's a different series. It's a different author. It's a different uh, uh, genre. Like it's all around different and I'm super excited for it. It'll be a fun time.
1: Yes. So go and listen to the episode zero. Uh, That is mostly going to be just PJ's kind of initial thoughts before going in and starting to read the book. And we'll uh, we'll see you next week. That's where we'll leave you for the week.
0: Thank you, as always, to Tim and Andrew for helping our show exist. Um, you can check out <laughs> our links in the show notes where you can find our schedule, our Patreon, previous episodes, uh, website, social media, links to our drinks, all every fucking everything. All in one convenient location.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, above and beyond that, make sure you leave us a five-star review. And if you're using Spotify, turn on the little notification so you get notified every time we publish a new episode. For instance, on a special day like today when we publish two. Beyond that, we've got a couple of new projects on the horizon to be announced very soon. Uh, so keep an eye out for those. We're, we're very excited to bring you more of the kind of stuff that you love. So thank you all so much for the support. And we're really stoked of course, to move into this new book series. And thank you so much for listening to us throughout the entirety of
0: the red rising series. We hope you join us for the next one. Yeah. It'd be wonderful to have you, uh, in my shoes. If you, if you're somebody who is like a diehard red rising fan, who has known everything about the series and has been listening to me, like kind of fuck up all of my predictions. Um, Join me on my side and try out Mistborn and uh, be a newbie with me. It'd be fun.